Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. This week, I am on my own. That is Liam at the FSA Tweets on Twitter. Um, unfortunately, Rich can't join us this week. Um, so it is just me, as I said, on my own, taking you through the week 11 um, slate of games. And we'll dive right in. As usual, we will start with the high scorers. So for those of you that are new, tuning in for the first time, maybe, what we do every week is look at the highest scorers, the top three at each position, um, and we use the scoring format of four points touchdowns for quarterbacks um, and PPR for every other position. That is no um, tight end premium or anything along those lines, no fancy rules, um, just PPR. So uh, we'll start off with the quarterbacks. We've got Joe Burrow with just under 30 points, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, QB2 with 27.5 points, and then Daniel Jones as uh, QB3. The guy that I wanted to touch upon here is Daniel Jones because he finally threw for over 220 yards in a single game, and, and he smashed that number out of the park. So previously, he hadn't thrown for anything above 217, I think it was. Um, yep, yeah, 217, and then he threw for 341 yards um, it's either throw for two interceptions, which isn't great. He's been keeping his turnovers to a minimum this season. Um, but that puts him at QB 10 on the year, um, which which is quite good. No one really expected Daniel Jones to do um, or, or make that kind of leap in terms of fantasy production. I'm still skeptical on whether a franchise will want to take him on as their starter um, with only one 300-yard game this season. Um, but he is also doing it with limited weapons. I know he's got Saquon Barkley, but outside of that, who else does he have? Um, so, yeah, if if you like 
Darius Slayton, kudos to you. Um, but that that's that's the extent of his receiver room right now. Um, so I do wonder what he could do with a a full offense. But we'll have to wait and see. He might not even have a starting job next year. Although I think a team would take a shot on him, kind of like a a Trubisky or a Mariota type of this season. Moving over to the running backs, we've got. Um, Tony Pollard as a running back one this week. That's thirty six point nine points. He had a had a great game um, against the Vikings defense, uh, a defense that we thought would stood up, uh, stand up a little bit more. That game completely went awry. I didn't expect the final score, but um, he broke away a couple of big runs and had one hundred nine yards in the air and 80 on the ground so um an absolutely monster game from him you had Samar P Ryan as uh, the RB2 I'm sure everyone predicted that this this week um Joe Mixon had seven carries and three receptions before he got ruled out with a concussion and by the looks of it the Bengals just stuck to um using their running back with P Ryan getting three touchdowns which is where a lot of his points did come from um but we'll have a look at um joe mixon in a minute and then Najee harris finally got back um, in the same game as well finally got back to what we kind of expected him to do a bit more of this season he had 20 carries for 90 yards and two touchdowns so he slides in as a running back three this week Wide receivers, um, we've got Devontae Adams, uh, a name that we expect at the top of the list um, once every so often in the season with 33.1 points. Um, and then Amari Cooper with the Browns had a, had a great game. Um, I mean, I don't think we really expected um, the passing game to explode as much as it did, but Jacoby Brissett had 41 attempts uh, for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. So um, I suppose they did need to throw against the Bills, but I wasn't expecting a 30-point game from Mari Cooper as a running, uh, wide receiver too. And then Joshua Palmer um, at wide receiver. This is a, a slightly weird one. Keenan Allen was being pulled out on um, certain plays, mostly runs, but he was obviously being kept on some sort of snap count. And Mike Williams, who was also fit at the start of the game, re-aggravated his ankle sprain. Um, so Joshua Palmer got a lot of the uh, a lot of the touches. He had ten receptions, um, so he had about a third of the target share there during the game. Um, he had two touchdowns as well, hence why he is. Um, why well, his points total was high yet again, but just a great week by Josh Palmer, who's shaping up to be a um, a dynasty asset that um, potentially has the has the uh, opportunity to boom each week, especially when the rest of the wide receivers are banged up. Moving over to the tight ends, you've got Travis Kelsey. Um, I mean, doing Travis Kelsey thing, uh, things, three touchdowns, 115 yards as the tight end won, um, both on the season and in this week. He's a weird one for me. Um, he, I mean, he's coming to... He's 33 at the moment, so he, he's coming to the end of what you would expect a dynasty tight end to do and yet he's performing at a, a higher rate than we've probably we've ever seen he's i mean he's been incredible he's been the tight end one since 2016 apart from last year where he was the tight end too he, he has been incredible and yet he's looking like um as fresh as ever so he's a weird one to value if you're a contender than travis kelsey um, if you've got him on your roster, you're laughing, as, as myself and Rich mentioned um, a few weeks ago. He is essentially a cheat code at the tight end position. It's almost like having a second flex spot um, or an extra flex spot, as well as the tight end spot. It's it's quite incredible. 
Moving over to George Kittle, the tight end two on the week. Uh, this came in Monday Night Football only. San Francisco 49ers um, scored 38 points in that game, which then gave a lot of their um, team good fantasy results. So George Kittle, two touchdowns, um, 84 yards, only six targets, but they, the um, 49ers only threw the ball for 29 times. So um, kind of understandable, but um, I'm still sceptical on George Kittle going forward. I still think he's worth a late first um, if you are rebuilding and trying to offload him. You can send him to a contender um, because he has games like last week in week 10 where he had two targets on one reception and he played every snap of that game. Um, so uh, I struggle with him. I think that he's still late first because of this upside of tight end two any week. Um, um, but especially with Lance coming back, I do wonder about his um, usage when uh, Lance starts next year. Moving over to tight end three, Austin Hooper did this on Thursday night football. He scored just under 20 points against my Packers. He had two touchdowns in that game. There's a bit of a theme this week where everyone has multiple touchdowns. Um, and that's how you get into the top three because touchdowns aren't sk- sticky, but they score you a lot of points. Um, he had four targets, so he scored on 50% of his targets and receptions, which are which is quite incredible. Um, I know that um, my guy Christian Watson is currently beating him out on that um, touchdown percentage based on the past two weeks, but um, yeah, Austin Hooper, only 36 yards, but he was was targeted a lot in the red zone, or I say a lot in terms of his um, targets overall, his target percentage in the red zone versus other areas on the field um, proved to be where he's making his points. And this was the first real game where he's done much of anything, um, I mean, he had seven targets in week 10 against the Denver Broncos, which put him at tight end 14 for scoring in that week. And then the second highest was tight end 17, and every other week has been tight end 20 or less uh, or worse. So he's not a guy that I thought he was going to be this year, but maybe he can turn it around going forward because he is getting those targets now. Uh, I very much doubt that, though. And if you are looking for tight end streamer that is not the guy i'm looking for moving over to the significant news this week uh, we've had a lot of injuries unfortunately as we mentioned um, in the highest scorers segment we've got um joe mixon with a concussion he could play this week but this season has shown how unpredictable concussion timelines can be so if you have mixon in any league you are um you're going to have to look out for any news this week because he could play and there's a probably equal chance that he might not play this week. And so Mark J.P. Ryan has has another week of that backfield to himself near enough. Then, um, again, as I mentioned, uh, Mike Williams re-aggravated that ankle. Um, So he's got a high ankle sprain and could miss um, this week. We don't know any other information around that but it's one to monitor as he missed i think it was four or five weeks um with the ankle sprain in the first um in the in the first instance anyway um Kadarius tony so he la- he left his game against the chargers um with a hamstring injury could miss this week too so it's just something to monitor there. Um, he looked like he was on the field a, if the same amount, if not a little bit more, um, this week. But Sky Moore ended up picking up a lot of those targets with Juju and Kadarius Tony out. Um, and he looked pretty good. Um, Sky Moore did. Wondell Robinson um, is sticking with New York Giants drafted wide receivers. Um, tore his ACL, unfortunately. 
he's out for the season. He could have a similar timeline to Robert Woods, where he, um, where Woods this year returned for the regular season, but not for any of the preseason games. Um, one down looked like he was turning into something. He had 13 targets for over 100 yards um, this week, and he's had um, a few games this year with where he's had an eight-target game and a few other um, notable fancy p- performances. So he looked like he was turning into something in that offense. He struggled this year with um, an injury to start out the year anyway. Um, so that's not... That's not the way that we want um, anyone to start out this season. Moving over to the Atlanta Falcons, Kyle Pitts has been placed on IR with an MCL tear. He's done for the year, most likely, if you've got him in your dynasty leagues. Um, he, he's he's as good as done. If you are contending, um, I'd potentially try and move him for a guy like, I suppose, a Kittle plus... Um, see if you can get get an extra contending piece or even a pick on the return um, along with Kittle or if you can move him to Kelsey or Andrews by adding a bit on um, and if that's a rebuilding team it may not even have to be that much That that's a move I'm making every time then um, with the Chicago Bears Justin Fields injured his non-throwing shoulder um, so on that, we don't have any more information apart from he's injured his non-throwing sh- shoulder. Um, so we just need to be wary based on um, his week ten, uh, week 12 availability. He could play, he also may not. Um, it's just one of those where we have no information because the, the team doesn't really want to give anything away. All we know is that um, the head coach, Matt Eberflus, um he has said that he Justin Fields is day to day. So um we don't know any more information than that. One thing I will say on that is day to day could mean anything because um David Montgomery was labeled day to day um earlier in the year and then ended up missing the following week. So just something to think about when you're trying to de- decide on Justin Fields' availability this week if you have the option to bench him, it may be that you're calling that bench guy up to to slide into your super flex spot or even your quarterback spot if you're in one QB leagues. Then move over to the Denver Broncos. They've been um, in the news a lot this week with Chase Edmonds first with a high ankle sprain. He's been out or he's going to be out for several weeks. And we've seen a lot of the high ankle sprains this season. So it's just something to monitor. Um but yeah, he, he's not coming back for a, a good three to four weeks, if not more. Um, and then sticking with the Broncos and the running back room, a surprise um, cut by the Denver Broncos this week was Melvin Gordon, um, who hasn't been doing brilliantly for them, but I didn't think they would just outright cut him. So uh, with those two um, guys outside of the locker room now, You've got Latavius Murray, who they stole off the Saints practice squad earlier this uh, earlier this season, a few weeks ago. And Mike Boone is probably a guy that you're looking to pick up on your waivers um, if you're listening on Tuesday when we're recording this podcast. Um, yeah, Mike, Mike Boone is maybe a guy that's going to get a bit more work and Latavius Murray is most likely the guy for the rest of the season now. Um although I don't think the Broncos have a lot to play for. Then moving over to the Arizona Cardinals, Hollywood Brown. um, He wasn't activated from IR before the Monday night football game in Mexico City. So that's something to note that there was a lot of buzz around him being activated and it didn't happen. Um, We don't know why. It could be that... Uh, he just wasn't ready. It could be that he had a little bit of a setback and therefore they didn't want to activate him and start that um, and, and get him into the lineup. So just something to monitor. He could be that back this week. He also could be back in week 13. 
Jameson Williams um, on some good news. The practice window has been opened by the Lions, so we will see him on the active roster in the next three weeks. Whether he plays is something else, because um, this ACL tear has been going on for quite a while, a bit longer than expected. Um, but Jameson Williams, a guy that I really liked in the pre-draft and post-draft process, um, we could be seeing him on the field and that Amon and brown Jamison Williams tandem could be um, a, a nightmare for defences and could really help out Jared Goff. And then a final bit of significant news that isn't really significant news, it's more a PSA, is the Thanksgiving games are going to be going on on Thursday. So yes, for us in the UK, um, we only really know Thanksgiving is going on because there are three games on a Thursday night rather than one. Um, so that is the Bills-Lions at 5.30 UK time, New York Giants versus the Dallas Cowboys at 9.30 UK and then the Patriots and Vikings at normal time for Thursday night football. So that's a nice little Thursday night, um, full, a full Thursday night slate of games for us in the UK. And I'm sure it's even better in the U uh, in the US where you have all day and all night for our football. So just be aware if you've got any any guys in those teams. Um, you will be able to, or you will have to make decisions on them a little bit earlier than expected. The next segment we have is the Dynasty stock market. So um, as Rich isn't here, um, he's given me names that he wanted to talk about. So um, I'm going to fill as much as I can with my opinions. Obviously, Rich's may differ slightly, um, but the first riser he's given me is Traylon Burks. Now, Rich has put in a comment of, is he finally breaking out? And um, the biggest thing with Traylon Burks from watching the game was, even though he looked good, um, and I mean he did look good, he also had 111 yards where one of those was a 50, 50 yard play to end the game um, where it was really over anyway. It was just, they needed a first down and it, rather than running it into a defense that knew what was going on, they decided to take a shot um, to get that first down through the air and Burks ended up getting a, a good 50 yard bomb from Tannehill. So I do think that Burks has a, her, has a high future. Um, I think he'll be a top 24 receiver uh, multiple times in his career, but I wouldn't say that this is his breakout game. Um, outside of that 50-yard bomb, he did have a another long reception. Apart from that, it was a lot of shorter passes. So Tannehill, if he sticks around, um, could be good for Burks, but while... Derrick Henry is there and Derrick Henry is doing Derrick Henry things, he will ultimately demand the, the offense to be built around him, not through him physically or actually verbally demanding it, but physically, if you don't build an offense around Derrick Henry, I don't know what you're doing. So, um, yeah, I don't think this is a breakout game, but he is also going to be good for the future. And I think people that are box score, um, or stat, uh, stat scouting are going to think that this game was a lot more than it was. The one thing that I wanted to highlight while we're talking about Trilon Burks is, as Ryan McDowell um, of DLF pointed out, five rookies were in the top 12 at the position this week at wide receiver. So those, I think it's quite understated that this receiver class has been much better than expected. We have, um, to start off, we have Chris Olave at wide receiver seven, Christian Watson at wide receiver eight, Wondell Robinson, wide receiver nine, George Pickens, wide receiver 11, and Traylon Burks at wide receiver 12. I think 
that's something we need to start talking about a little bit more that, yes, Wondell Robinson has been um, injured and now he's probably out for for a good portion of next season, the early of ne- early part of next season. Um, but the rest of these receivers, I don't think people were expecting this much coming from them in their rookie season. Um, Christian Watson obviously had multiple touchdowns and has had multiple touchdowns both of his games over the past two weeks. Um, but he he's showing that he can be a guy that Aaron Rodgers um, can go to. You've got Chris Olave, who has been great this year. He's currently the wide receiver 11 in total. Um, so that is something that a lot of people, I suppose, probably weren't expecting in his first season, but that's incredible. Um, George Pickens, again, just a guy that Pickett seems to have that connection with. Um, He had six targets for four receptions and 83 yards with one touchdown. Um, He's just someone that a lot of people kind of, we, we kind of put these guys um apart from Alave and Burks who was the wide receiver 12 um we kind of put these guys in their tier below um myself included and we we've been shown that all of these wide receivers can perform um and can perform to a high level i mean sky more um I'm frantically scrolling cuz normally i have rich to talk while I'm scrolling, but he was the wide receiver 33 this week with 11 points um, on six targets. I mean, with a touchdown, that in- immediately increases him to wide receiver 23, mate, or oh, wide receiver frantically trying to scroll and do maths at the same time. Um yeah, put puts him at wide receiver fifteen, which it, it's quite incredible how well these wide receivers are doing. I know that this was Burks' first real big game. This is Wondell's again first real big game. Um, Christian Watson's second real big game, but these guys are proving that they have it in them to do really well, and I think that's something that um, is going to go quite underrated about this class right now and going into the future maybe that this class has a lot more um a lot more light at the end of the tunnel than people really thought moving over to um jamal williams as another riser he had three touchdowns in uh in the game this week he currently leads the league in touchdowns with i believe it's 12 so yes that is above guys like uh, nick chubb who has been balling out this year Christian McCaffrey, um, Saquon Barkley, guys that we know that are doing well. Jamal Williams is currently scoring more touchdowns than them. A lot of that is coming from inside the red zone, so he seems to be getting those carries at the moment. Um, But it's quite interesting that he is having these multiple touchdown games quite often. I mean, he's only had one game where he's had one touchdown. All the others are either zero or he's got two or three. Um, it's just just an interesting kind of trend we're seeing with Jamal Williams. I think some of this comes down to DeAndre Swift not being fully healthy. I don't know what that is, why that is, um, but he just needs to, I suppose get healthier and then he'll start getting these touchdowns and carries, especially around the red zone and therefore will increase in dynasty value. Whereas that is all Jamal Williams right now. Um, I mean, he had 17 carries for 64 yards did Jamal Williams. So um, I love the guy, I love the character, but I don't think he's going to be a, a trusty running back asset at all. Um, in his dynasty career. I think if you can sell high for him right now, I've seen a couple of trades where Jamal Williams going for a second. Um, If I'm a contender, I'd consider it. If I'm a rebuilder, yeah, I'd probably do a second. You could probably get a little bit more for him right now, maybe two seconds. Um, But Jamal Williams just 
I don't think for the future, uh, or you should be playing him for the future. I think he's a, a one-year dynasty asset um, going forward. I'm not saying that he he's just going to fall off next year. I just think that um, he's not a guy you can rely on for for future production. Moving over to the fallers, we'll we'll carry on talking about the Lions backfield with DeAndre Swift. Um, Rich has asked, will he ever produce on the talent? And I kind of, I I, I got asked this question um, earlier in the week and I've been thinking about it more and talking about it. Um, I'm really sceptical and I think that it's too late to sell him for anything that you probably could have earlier in the season. I do think that by the end of the season, he'll start to uh, essentially ramp up a little bit more. But I think that it's going to be an uphill climb for him now to get that dynasty value um, not back because I don't think he's going to ever get to, or I don't think he will get to running back two to three um, for the foreseeable future, especially not with this type of, with this uh, running back class coming in in 2023. Um, But I think that DeAndre Swift has the talent, um, as Rich has obviously said there. Will he ever produce on the talent? Rich obviously agrees that he has the talent. It's just he's not producing and that is coming from these injuries. He's never healthy. Um, So, or he's he's hardly healthy, should I say. So if DeAndre Swift does produce on the talent, I think that his his dynasty value is going to go up um, significantly. He's only 23 years old, but he's... If he doesn't produce next season, I think you're looking at an asset that is um, dead in the water, essentially. You you won't be able to move him. Moving over to the last faller, um, Rich has put Zach Wilson on this list. So I, I was very interested to hear his thoughts and maybe we'll get his thoughts um, in the future on Zach Wilson, especially when we can have a bit more, um, a bit more time to to give Wilson to essentially get back on track, but he did not look good this week at all. The giant or the, the Jets, sorry, scored three points in this game, one field goal. That's it. The um offense had seventy or the the offense didn't have many points. I believe they had two or three yards in the second half. Um don't quote me on that. That that is, if that stat is true, that is awful. Um, Zach Wilson himself only just had over a hundred total yards. That's seventy-seven in the air on twenty-two attempts, um, and twenty-six yards on the ground from three carries. So he's he's a tough one because I've fully lost, um, fully lost my way with Zach Wilson. I. I I, I've lost my confidence with him. If I've got him anywhere, I've tried to sell him um, before this week. And this week has kind of solidified that he's a guy that has the talent, uh, similar to Swift, but he it's not really that he's injured. He just isn't performing. Um, I think some of it comes from a lack of confidence. I mean, he's only had 20 games this um, in his career, so... One of those were when he was declared out uh, within the first quarter or just after the first quarter last year. Um, so he, he's really basically had 19 games, but that's still... I know that we expect rookie quarterbacks or rookies in general to have this um, approach where they come in and do everything and they're, they're immediately studs. I mean, we've seen it with Justin Fields. He showed a bit of hope and a bit of glimmers, but until the past few weeks, he's not really done anything fantasy-wise. Zach Wilson, I'm kind of at that point with him as well, where I struggle with Zach Wilson. I mean, he's played less games than Fields had, um, had up until that point. So it's it's interesting, but I think Zach Wilson, if you can sell him for 23 first, um. I'd probably say mid to early. If you can do it for an early first, I'd be smashing that pick. But if you can do a mid uh, for Zach Wilson, I'd do that. I'd have to think about a late first just because 
the upside of Zach Wilson at quarterback, if he put, does manage to put it all together, um, is is incredibly high. But Rich is obviously questioning whether he's even going to keep his job for the rest of the year. I mean, there have been news reports where um, Zach Wilson isn't taking credit, or I say credit, um, isn't taking blame. He doesn't think it's himself. I don't know whether... Um, that was just the bad presser that he had or whether it was a genuine locker room talk that he's not taking in the his share of the blame essentially but there has also been reports where um robert Saller, i mean it's not reported it's, it's confirmed at this point because he said it during a press conference that he's not committing to zach wilson starting for the rest of the season or even this week which is interesting to say the least um i think zach wilson's a guy that isn't playing with confidence but i don't know how he's going to get that confidence back i don't know whether it's too far gone for him in new york um maybe a zach wilson for a Derek carr type trade happened that richard kind of mentioned before so that is it for the dynasty stock market um the player of the week this week instead of myself and rich um pulling one out each i've decided to go just just name a few um so i'll start in san francisco with debo samuel debo samuel um this year obviously hasn't been close to where he was last year last year he was an undeniable uh, wide receiver one a top wide receiver top five top three wide receiver upside each week um but Debo this year just hasn't had that same uh production I don't know what it is I know that the offense is struggling a little bit more than it did last year but Debo just hasn't had that same opportunity I suppose um, he had nine targets, caught seven of them, had 57 yards in the air, and then he had three rushes for 37 yards and a touchdown. So um, it was a high-scoring week for him. It put him in the top 12 wide receivers this week, but it's still – or top five wide receivers, sorry. But it's still interesting when you look at his um, – weeks this is only the second week where he has had top 12 upside uh, performed at a top 12 rate i mean the last week was week four against the rams where he had um six receptions for 115 yards and a touchdown um and negligible negligible i can't ever say that word Uh, basically no no um real rushing upside there so I think it's interesting that he's only had these two two weeks where he's been quite high up in the wide receiver rankings. My question is, is he is does this open a window for a potential trade where you can move on from Debo now that he's he's had another good week um and he's coming up to New Orleans and Miami that have have had their troubles against wide receivers in the fantasy world. So if you have him, you're probably not selling him for what um, the off-season value was. But I think that this kind of opens up a window where you could, or you could even sell him for a, a mid to early first. Um, I think if you're not getting a mid to early first, I wouldn't be selling Debo just because he's got that upside. And if you're contending, maybe he's a guy you can go out to trade for but i'm not sure whether i would another option for debo would be moving down so moving to um one of these rookies like a trail on burks and trying to get a plus on top um trying to move on to uh devonta smith or someone along those lines i'm not sure whether you could move on to devonta smith and get a plus for him um because the Devonta Smith owner will see how well um, he's been playing, but 
just something to consider there. Um, it's definitely a trade that I'm going to have to try and um, make just to just to stick with with own takes. And then another, I suppose, set of guys that I wanted to talk about. We're staying with the San Francisco 49ers offense, um, but moving into the backfield, unless Debo was already there, I suppose you could kind of put in there as well. But that's Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey. Now this week, um, they split carriers yet again. So uh, Mitchell had nine carries, Christian McCaffrey had seven. Last week, uh, McCaffrey had 14 and Elijah Mitchell had 18. I think this is an interesting situation that, that is unfolding. I mean, when you look at total touches, um, Elijah Mitchell outtouched McCaffrey last week, but this week it's the other way around because McCaffrey had seven receptions. Um, so that is 14 total touches compared to Mitchell's nine um, that were solely on the ground. But it's interesting because I don't know whether they're keeping Christian McCaffrey healthy by being able to split up his run game usage and getting him out into space um, to try and make guys miss or whether it's a genuine bad thing and they actually think that Elijah Mitchell is a main part of this offense or main part of this rushing attack. I'm not saying that he's bad. Um, I just think that when you've got a guy like Christian McCaffrey, um, it's an interesting situation to be in. So if we're keeping... Christian McCaffrey healthy for the rest of the season. Brilliant, especially if they can get into the playoffs. Um, but it, does this continue into next year? It's just something that we need to consider, especially as dynasty owners and really, really big com- uh, conversation you need to have with yourself if you have Christian McCaffrey as um, one of your running backs. So um, a bit of breaking news that has just dropped. We've got um, Darrell Henderson has been waived by the Rams. So um, it's it's an interesting situation there over in the Rams over in Las Vegas because they weren't playing Cam Akers whatsoever. They fell out with, well, say they, Sean McVay and Cam Akers essentially fell out. He got made inactive. Given Darrell um, Henderson was given all the all the work, um, well, uh, the lead back work, and they had other guys fill in, but he only had two carries this week um, on six percent of snaps. Um, frantically looking, yeah, he is dealing with a knee injury, but um, he has been constantly banged up for all of his career and. <laughs> which is a shame because when he gets on the field, he's solid. He's not anything special, but he's solid. What that does mean is that Kyron Williams, who has just come back from IR um, in the past few weeks, is going to see a lot more um, work. I mean, he had eight touches this week um, and Cam Akers had 14 carries. So I'm kind of expecting Kyron Williams to have a lot more work in the passing game and then Cam Akers is given the, the running back role. But that's an interesting wrinkle to that backfield. Um, I'm going to quickly touch up on, um, or quickly touch on the flex off competition. Now, as Rich isn't here, um, we won't be doing it this week. But um, of course, I can't let this go. If I win, I'm, I'm obviously going to bring it up. So Brian Robinson um, compared to James Robinson won this week. So I had Brian Robinson, Rich had um, James Robinson. Obviously, with the uh, the Jets not having a great game, um, it was kind of expected. But James Robinson had seven carries for 10 yards, scoring one point. Um, and Brian Robinson... I'm, frantically finding his stacks of Brian Robinson had 15 carries for 57 yards, having 5.7 points. I think that's quite an interesting point because when I saw these 
games going on. Brian Robinson having less than four yards per carry against the number 32 rush defense in the Houston Texans, where the Houston Texans have basically given up an incredible amount of yards against every running back and every running game that they've come across. And yet Brian Robinson still can't get over four yards per carry, which he hasn't completed this season so far in a single game. Um, I think that's something to take note of. I think he has three points, uh, 3.35 yards per carry this year. Um, and I wouldn't put that down to just the offensive line. I know Rich likes to say that it is an offensive line stat. And to an extent it is. But at the same time, I think that it's interesting to consider when um, Antonio Gibson has has had four games um, with over four yards per carry and um, has a point. <laughs> this doesn't make my point much better, but only has 3.65, uh, 3.67 yards per carry. I think it's interesting that they can't seem to run the ball, even though that's all they want to do. Um, maybe it's defences wising up and trying to stop the run more, loading the box more. It would be interesting to see um, what the percentage of loaded boxes are when Brian Robinson is on the field. But um, maybe this comes down to Brian Robinson not being fully healthy. Um, and I, I hope that is the case, but it's not. I, I, I struggle with him right now. If you can maybe take a shot on him for a late second, um, then go for it. But if if not, I think you're you're struggling to 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 trade for him right now. Um so coming back to the flex off uh competition that puts the standings at five to five. We are tied up. So um Rich when he's back will um we'll pick another guy and we'll We'll battle it out for the rest of the season. And then uh, the last little bit is the listener mailbag. Now, we didn't get any questions this week. So if you do want your questions answered, go over to um, at Five Yard Dynasty. The tweet drops on a Monday at 12 o'clock noon, which is about 7 o'clock or 7 a.m. EST, I believe it is. Um, so if you want your questions answered live on the show, go over there, or you can join us at 8 p.m. on Tuesdays for the show um, and ask us ask us then. But I included a question that I got asked um, separately away from the pod, um, which is, would you trade Diggs for Terry McLaurin and a mid to late 23 first? Um the guy said that he was in a kind of rebuild. It was he's he's on that cliff of p- potentially being a contender, potentially being a rebuild. I quite like this move if you're in that situation because you're getting that first back. Um, you are setting yourself up for the future. You're getting younger as well. It's only slightly because Terry McLaurin came out as an older prospect, but you are setting yourself up for the future a little bit there. Um, you are giving away. Diggs, who has been a top wide receiver this year. Um, but I still like that move because Terry McLaurin seems to be getting back on track with um, with Taylor Heineke. They, they seem to have some sort of connection. Um, he just when, Once he scores their, those touchdowns, that's when his boom weeks are coming in. So I think that is a move I'd try to make um, if you are on that teetering window of not knowing... Um, whether to contend or to start rebuilding. Essentially, this falls under the retooling um, approach where instead of fully blowing up your team, you kind of try to just get younger, move away some of the win-now contending assets to try and get picks and younger players. Um, A move I'd kind of consider making as well as moving Terry McLaurin while he's in this good state um, for another younger asset, maybe one of these rookies that are doing really well. Um, and if you can get a plus on top of that, that's perfect. Um, but that is it for this solo episode of the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. You can find me at 
the FSA tweets on Twitter. Um, but while um, the World Cup is going on, we'll keep you up to date with um, our podcasting schedule. Normally, it is the Tuesdays at eight o'clock ES, uh, eight o'clock UK. So that is about three o'clock EST. Um, but if there is, for whatever reason, an England game on, which there is next Tuesday um, at seven o'clock, we will be trying to move the pod around. So um, the time is to be confirmed, but I believe it's going to be the Wednesday. Um, so that is a week tomorrow, if you are listening on the on the um, live stream, or a week today, if you are listening when the podcast is released. Um, so yeah, you can find us over there. If you look at the Five Yard Dynasty account on Twitter at Five Yard Dynasty, uh, we'll put a tweet up there saying telling you where you can find us and when you can find us. But until next week, guys, um, that is it. Enjoy the World Cup football. Enjoy the um, Thanksgiving games. If you're in the UK, you get some games straight after work. So see you next week. Stay safe. I'll see you then. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 